The national park system is home to some of the most beautiful land and wildlife you are ever going to see. And they belong to everyone. That's including you. I'm Brad. And I'm Matt. And on our show, Parklandia, we're bringing you on the road with us as we explore the wonders of the Everglades. The Petrified Forest. Yellowstone. And many more. If you want a refreshing, relatable look at the outdoors, listen to Parklandia on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. You don't have to be an expert camper to enjoy going outside. Family Secrets is a production of iHeartRadio. It could have happened like this. One winter night, just three years ago, when my husband mentioned to me that he was ordering one of those popular DNA testing kits, and he asked me whether I wanted to have my DNA tested too, I might have said, no, no thanks, not interested. Instead, I sort of shrugged, at least this is how I remember it, and said, sure, why not? I wasn't particularly curious. I had never considered doing something like this before. I mean, I knew my relatives. I knew my ancestors. I knew their stories. I knew exactly who I was and where I came from. It could have happened like that. I might have lived my entire life without ever knowing the truth of who I was. My name is Danny Shapiro, and this is Family Secrets. Secrets that are kept from us, secrets that we keep from others, and secrets that we keep from ourselves. You're going to be hearing a lot of different kinds of family secrets on my new podcast. Secrets involving crime, race, sexuality, abuse, addiction, loss, and identity. While these family secrets are as individual as snowflakes, what each one of them, what every family secret, has in common is the silence rooted in shame, trauma, and the desire to protect. What he doesn't know won't hurt him. Why should we tell her when she'll never find out? It's none of her business. I've been a student of family secrets for my entire life, I've written novels that center around secrets' corrosive power. I've written memoirs in which I dug deep into my own family's buried past. One of the first big pieces of journalism I ever wrote as a young writer was a story for The New Yorker called The Secret Wife. My dad had been dead for a few years, and I was trying to understand him better. From a chance throwaway comment... I had learned that before my dad met my mother, he had been briefly married to a young woman named Dorothy. She died shortly after they wed. As I researched and reported the story, I felt I was uncovering the truth of my own father's sorrow and depression. I interviewed people who told me that Dorothy had been the love of his life. I began to understand, or so I thought, the reasons he was so distant. The source, ultimately, of the painkillers he swallowed by the dozen each day. When I finished The Secret Wife, I thought I was done. Like a detective, I had gotten to the bottom of things. I had solved the case of my beloved, sad, dead dad. 
it could have happened like this. I could have skipped the whole DNA testing thing because I had no curiosity about it, really. I didn't need to spit into the plastic vial sent by Ancestry.com. I wasn't going to discover new branches on my family tree. So why didn't I? Why didn't I skip it? I've learned something new about family secrets in the three years that have elapsed between that moment in my kitchen in Connecticut, that cold winter evening like so many other cold winter evenings. I've learned that when we discover a family secret is as important as the how and the why of what we discover. It could have happened like this. That most subtle whisper, that place in the deepest interior that we feel when we know something isn't right, there's something we're missing, some piece of elusive information that has been withheld from us. That subtle whisper can become so subtle that we almost don't hear it at all. We brush by it as we go about our lives. We're so busy. Our to-do lists are endless. There are jobs, bosses, spouses, kids. Always something louder clamoring for our attention. On the day that my DNA results were returned to me by Ancestry.com, I was 54 years old. I had been married for nearly 20 years. I was the mother of a teenage son. I lived with my family in a house in the Connecticut countryside. I was a writer who had just finished my ninth book. Woman. Wife. Mother. Cousin. Niece. Granddaughter. Great-granddaughter. Daughter. I stared at the results of my DNA test on my computer screen. The numbers, letters, words, names were a nonsensical blur. They arranged and rearranged themselves as I tried to make any kind of sense of them but I couldn't make sense of them. They made no sense. The results of the DNA test I almost didn't take, those results, spelled out in crystal clear scientific black and white, meant only one possible thing. My father was not my father. What forms us? What shapes our identities when we're children, teenagers, young adults? There's nature and there's nurture, of course. And then there are the stories we're told and the stories we tell ourselves. The story I was told and the story I told myself all my life until I was 54 was that I was the only child of my two older parents. My father was from an Orthodox Jewish family, a family well known within the confines of the Orthodox Jewish world. I spent my childhood in suburban New Jersey, going to synagogue with my dad on Saturday mornings. Our home was strictly kosher, dairy and meat kept separate. I never tasted bacon or shellfish until I rebelled as a teenager. And when I first tried a cheeseburger, I was afraid that God would strike me dead. Oh, and one more thing. I didn't look Jewish. I know, this sounds like the punchline of a joke, but it was a real thing a huge part of what formed my identity, this not looking like who and what I was. I was very fair, with blonde hair, blue eyes, pale skin. I blushed easily. People made comments every single day of my life about how non-Jewish I looked. 
Your mother have an affair with a Swedish milkman? Come on, I've never seen a Jewish girl who looks like you. Sometimes people would even get mad at me, as if I was trying to pull one over on them, pretending to be something I wasn't. The ethnic breakdown on my Ancestry.com DNA was as follows. I was pretty much half Jewish. 52% to be precise. The other half was English, French, German, Swedish, Irish. It turns out that all those people were right. They saw something that I couldn't allow myself to see. And so, at the age of 54, I was left holding a massive mystery. My dad was dead. My mom was dead. Who was my father? Where had I come from? I mean, literally, who and what had made me? Here's another thing I've learned during my recent crash course in family secrets. If the secret keepers believe, really truly believe, that their secret will never come to light, they can pretend that it doesn't exist. And if they pretend long enough and hard enough that the secret doesn't exist, it's possible for them to come to believe this with their whole selves. In a sea of confusion, I did have a few clues to go on, and I clung to them like life rafts. If a secret has been kept from you for your whole life, there's a part of you that knows it. Not consciously, but in a deep place of knowing. What the psychoanalyst Christopher Bolas calls the unthought known. Something you know, but can never allow yourself to think. Here's what I knew. My parents had been older. They'd have trouble conceiving me. My mother'd had a number of miscarriages. She was nearly 40 when I was born. Many years earlier, my mother had once let it slip that they had visited an institute in Philadelphia where they had undergone the process of artificial insemination. But there was no question that my dad was my dad. That was a given. That was a fact. His sperm, her egg, my parents. Do you know that expression, the rug was pulled out from under me? We use that expression so often that it's pretty much a cliche. But stop for a second and think about what it really means. On the day that I found out that my dad hadn't been, biologically speaking, my dad, beneath me, all was suddenly empty. All was air. All was nothingness. The rug of my entire foundation had been, in fact, pulled out from under me. The ancestors whose photographs and portraits hung on the walls of my home, the men and women I believed I came from, were transformed in a single instant into people with whom I had no connection. I had never known them. So now, who were they to me? It felt almost as if they were all floating away, perfect strangers waving at me solemnly as the distance between us grew and grew. I had never felt so alone. Somewhere out there was my biological father. A huge question mark. I quickly understood that he must have been a sperm donor. I walked through the world for days, looking at every man of a certain age, wondering, are you my father? 
But the deeper mystery was this. What had my parents known? When they went to that institute in Philadelphia, what was their mission? This was in the early days of reproductive science. What did my parents understand about what they were doing? One thing became quickly clear. They would have been told that they must never speak of this again. They would have been told that the child would never know. They would have been given express permission, no more than permission, a mandate to keep a secret forever, to take that secret to the grave with them, to die with it. I was that secret. Their secret was me. Somewhere out there, in a vast world, was an elderly man with white hair and blue eyes who blushes easily. A man whose background is French, English, German, Swedish, Irish. A man who lived in Philadelphia during the year I was conceived. Somewhere out there was an elderly man who had been told long ago, when he was a young medical student, that no one would ever know that records would be destroyed, that he would help a couple have a baby, make a family. Somewhere that man existed. And I would find him. I did find him. And also learned a great deal about the journey my parents took on their path to making a family, to making me. We're living in an extraordinary moment in time, one in which the potent combination of easy and popular DNA testing and the power of the internet have made many kinds of family secrets no longer possible. Every day, people are making discoveries. They're finding out that they were adopted or donor conceived or have siblings they hadn't known about. They're discovering that their ethnicity is other than what they've always known. And often, the keepers of those secrets are still alive, the ones who thought their secrets were safe. These kinds of secrets have been around since the dawn of humanity. But now, that era is over. In the not-too-distant future, the very idea that families kept these kinds of secrets, out of self-protectiveness or shame or in the name of love, will be considered ludicrous and just plain wrong. But here we are with secrets tumbling out at a staggering rate. Join me and my guests on Family Secrets as we shine a bright light into the dark, hidden corners of the unspoken and discover together the power and beauty that comes with finally knowing the truth. Family Secrets is an iHeartMedia production. Dylan Fagan is the supervising producer. Andrew Howard and Tristan McNeil are the audio engineers. And Julie Douglas is the executive producer. A special shout-out thank you to my husband, Michael Marin, and my son, Jacob Marin, who have been on this journey with me. If you have a family secret you'd like to share, you can get in touch with us at listenermail at familysecretspodcast.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at Danny Writer and Facebook at Family Secrets Pod and Twitter at Fam Secrets Pod. That's Fam Secrets Pod. For more about my book, Inheritance, 
visit dannyshapiro.com. In the Montgomery County, Maryland courthouse, there are thousands of pages of documents detailing the horrific murders of three innocent people. As soon as I heard the details, I knew my dad was involved right away. Instantly, I said, it's Lawrence. But at the time of the murders, Lawrence Horn was clear across the country. I'm Jasmine Morris. From iHeartRadio and Hit Home Media, this is Hitman. Listen and subscribe at Apple Podcasts on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts.